Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 65 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. <laughs> Jacob, I've missed you terribly. It feels like a long time since we've been in these chairs. Oh, it does, and I have the same feeling towards you. I was I didn't know what to do with myself for the last two weeks. I know I you, what you did with yourself is you, you posted gifts and memes all over our Twitter page. That's, that's what you did with your time. got to actually post a lot of wrestling stuff on there because it was WrestleMania weekend. I know that like you, when you I, saw You knew it, I was in a country that yeah. had extremely limited internet access. I took full advantage of that. You I can only imagine did. how mad you were when you got back. And you're like, I would like get these little pockets where I could go online and I would peek and I would be like, oh God, he just posted like 10 memes today. I can't. I can't no, even look I, at it. I do so. love my gifts. I do love them. You really, you really do. But... Yeah, so it's well. First how was, off, how was Cuba? Hold on, before I do that, I just want to say you probably noticed our old jingle is back. Yeah. So I tried to make a third option, and I was I was terribly uninspired. Nothing came together. So eventually, I'm gonna get back and try another one. But until then, we're sticking with we're sticking with the old boy uh, here. Okay, we'll stick with it for Ugh. now. We're gonna have to go in one of those little jazzy. It was one of the little drum beats. I know. I'll actually go back and we'll and we'll listen to those. Doop. But uh, yeah. so sorry to interrupt you. No, it's fine. I was just gonna ask you how Cuba was. Cuba's cool. Is it? Cuba's cool. Yeah, like it's definitely a super photographable city. Like any picture you take looks good. Like it can be a dilapidated building, um, or like a rusted out car, and it still looks really cool. Oh yeah, you you're going down there, Gia. You start learning any of like the language. Start saying like Cuba. Very definitely Cuba, Habana. Uh, some really, some really basic things. I will say Cuba, you need to step up your game with the toilet situation. Shell got a real problem with with your toilets. See, that's a big deal. You're just um, like, I don't know what you guys are doing around here, but it's a really big deal. And it's a really serious problem. Is it? Are so we, are we a talking general like breakdown. Chemical or no, no, no. Like, so first of all. You have to always pay someone when you go to the bathroom, nope. which is a bummer. And then they give you like one triangle of toilet paper and nope. you're like, I just paid a dollar for this. And then you get in and the stall doors, they only go up to your chest. So when you like stand up, you're like making eye contact with person in the stall next to you. It feels so bad at every level. And you're like, hello. Then the doors, not only don't they not lock, but they don't even stay shut. So you like pull it shut and it just like, Bounce so you got to do like the sit down leg kind of deal to keep I the mean, door open? No, because they're so far off the ground. So you have to like try to hold the top of the door because they're so short. And then there's no toilet seat. It's just the bowl. What? Just the bowl, man. Savages. How, like, how could you even go? I wouldn't well, be able got, to do it. You got to like really position yourself. And that, that's not even the worst part, Jacob, of the toilet situation. Yeah, there's worse There's part? worse for me. So then you get out. And, like, we're in, like, a bus station. Like, this is a crowded public bathroom. There is one universal bar of hand soap that you're supposed to use. Gross. I don't even like using bar soap in my own house if it's been, like, sitting on the counter. I'm like, ew. And then there's, like, one lady's pink bath hand towel that you're supposed to dry your hands it's on. It's probably hard as a rock. <laughs> so, Ugh. but all in all, besides that, and then, like, a lot of the restaurants, our Airbnbs, all have beautiful, perfect bathrooms. Of I'm course. just saying, if you're on the run and looking for a spot, you're not going to be oh. happy. And then one more the crazy two crazy things I saw. Number one, everybody should Google a sun halo if you've okay. never seen that. Um, 
we thought we were being invaded by aliens. And number two, which we've been calling Crabsacre, is when we were on this bus trip. I'm not even joking about the number. There was this huge section for miles and miles where we thought hundreds of thousands, but maybe millions of crabs were all crossing the street, like away from the water. So it must uh. be when they lay eggs or something. But I'm talking like just th- you couldn't even see the road because it was covered. Just hundreds of thousands of crabs, but all the cars are driving. So I just watched our bus just murder <laughs> thousands and thousands of crabs. And it was terrible. And the bus smelled like hot crab because uh. <laughs> it was sunny out. That sounds like an absolute nightmare. <laughs> but Crabs- del- Crabsicure 2019, man. I'll never get over it. It sounds like a delicious nightmare, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, you just hang out so at the road much, and just snatch them up. So much death. Oh, I mean, yes. I can't. I've never seen so many of one thing. Like, they covered the earth. Were you intimidated by the crabs? You're like, they're going to pinch me. <laughs> I was on a bus just murdering them with giant wheels. So what? I definitely felt like What would you have done if the human? bus driver was like, okay, everybody off? You gotta go down. I'd probably have a pet crab right now. I'd probably have Herman <laughs> would be here with us. Herman, so. the, that's a great name. So it's a yeah, great crab name. So I recommend. I recommend it. I did just see something um, today as we are recording this about new U.S. sanctions against Cuba. So of hopefully course. that's not going to affect people traveling there. Highly recommended. Two thumbs up. Go check out. Cuba. Um, so let's see one other things that are going on since. I'm back on Twitter. <laughs> There's less wrestling. But uh, the other day, just as kind of a lark, Andrew and I really love the new Queer Eye. Do you watch it? Uh, I don't. I don't. I hear it's good, though. Oh, it's so good. It's really motivational. It's really moving. Like, I'm not a crier of TV shows. Mm-hmm. I don't like those women. You're like, you I'm one of them now, get it Jacob. To get, get it together, people. It's me. I watch it, and I have, like, tears streaming down my face. Really? Very, very moving. So... Bobby Burke is one of the one of the Fab Five, but he does like the home interior stuff. And his design eyes, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. He takes like a hovel and makes it the most beautiful space you ever saw. And I want to redo my kitchen. I'm thinking of painting my cabinets. So I, I was mean, thinking I didn't of painting want to them. say I didn't want to say anything. But. How dare you? I saw. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna paint them white. But then like I'm watching Queer Eye, and I'm like, oh, Bobby uses a lot of colors, like some greens and some blues. Like it's a little bold. Maybe I should do that. But I have a hard time deciding. I'm a Libra. Sure. It's my nature. So I tweeted and was like, I wish, how do I get Bobby Burke to just tell me if I should paint my kitchen blue or white? And he responded. He tweeted oh. back and blue it is. Oh, so, well, there you go. So there'll be some after pictures to follow, but so, I love Bobby Burke and everybody should be watching Queer Eye. So what you're saying is Bobby Burke, friend of the show. Friend of the show. I think we can actually I say like that I like it. I like it. Oh, this is a good time. I'm going to I'm going to stop yakking soon. We have to get to really important well, I don't things. know. We we got we're rubbing elbows <laughs> with celebrities. We're killing thousands of crabs. It's off to a great start so oh, far. Crabs occur 2019. Um so again, and we'll just say right off the bat, we're going to talk a little just a tiny bit about Game of Thrones, but it'll be no spoilers because we're always going to be a week behind. Because we are recording at the end of one week. So we're going to be talking about episode one. And if you haven't seen episode one of the last season, that's kind of your own fault. This is the last season of the biggest show 
there, unfortunately, you can't wait or there's going to be spoilers. No, and you can't even sometimes expect it. Like last week, DirecTV Now aired the second episode four yeah, hours early. Yeah, you said that. How did yeah. that even happen? I don't know, but they're, we're going to find out in that ensuing lawsuit that I'm sure HBO is I preparing. haven't seen anything online, though, of anyone spoiling episode two. No, I, it wasn't really up long enough. It was up for about, I think, two hours or mm-hmm. so. And But it was like enough people saw it where if which you is, dig deep enough. Which is crazy because as people are listening to this episode, they will have already seen two. That's and they true. know things that we don't know in the future. It's oh, creepy. But episode one, how'd you feel? Uh, I felt great. For the meme work alone, creepy, <laughs> creepy brand is I, brand. The, be- the best thing ever. Although I do truly a shout out to Winterfell. You're very ADA compliant. Thank you for all the ramps that you obviously Guy built for Bran Stark because he is quite mobile. That dude is moving. Move is like it's like knee deep snow, and somehow he's wheeling out to the Godwood tree. But I respect it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it was great. Great start to the show. They changed the opening, which I noticed immediately. Oh, yes. And loved it. I was like, oh, what's because going on Because I think they're like, we don't need all this other land. This yeah, is this matter. is the important stuff. Um, I liked the mirroring of season one, episode one. Like they did a lot of things that kind of like brought it full circle of like an army's marching in and we're watching it. And this outsider's being introduced to the family and we're in the crypts and like so many things of that nature. Really oh, it, it. They, yeah, there's a lot of parallels. Like they have the same, most of the same characters that appeared in the first episode or mm-hmm. in this one, at least, you know, the ones that are still alive, of course. Um, they had a bunch of like, you get feeling like everybody's growing so much, like especially like if you look at Sansa's arc now. Dude. She's like the best now. She is totally woke. I was like, she's actually the only character who really has her eyes completely open. Oh, man. I'm so glad. Like, they finally, because her storyline was so rough for so long. And they almost made it seem like she was pathetic, even though I was like, she was a young, like, privileged woman. And everything that she did made complete sense. Yeah. Like, they didn't make her into a weird hero, and now she has grown. Oh. She has learned from some terrible, manipulative people, but I think she's better for it. It felt like midnight, the amount of shade that she was throwing at Danny. Oh, her side-eye game is, is hot. I was like, ooh, that is brutal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that, that's why it's um, snowing in the north, is because that shoulder she's giving her is just <laughs> dead cold right there. Um, Yeah, I things I found interesting, I'm really into when Sam met Daenerys I was really because I feel like he's been a total morality barometer throughout the show so for him to find her lacking um, is very interesting that maybe they're going to kind of change her arc like maybe she is more like her father than we've ever thought who knows yeah and yeah you were definitely right about Sam being the choice there because really the the news that he was dropping on like John you you only Sam could have delivered that with with him coming back with like complete believability yeah like as soon as he told him he wanted you could tell he wanted to be like it's not true but then he's like, this is my boy. He's not going to Although part of me. me is like, why do you even have to tell him? Why does he need to know? He doesn't he, he, want to be king. Look, it, It's he, just going to mess up him and his new GF. If, so. uh, if Sam didn't tell him, you know, Bran would. And Bran is not going to drop that with a hint um, of any kind of like. Bran is like, whatsoever. I am cardboard. Yeah. I tell you things. I, <laughs> like, this doesn't matter, bro. By the way, she might be related to you. No, <laughs> yeah, no for sure. Passing. So hopefully episode two was great. And maybe we'll chat about a little bit about that next I just, week. I just love the fact that he, he's been sitting in a courtyard for three or four days just staring at the door. Just waiting, waiting for Jamie. Waiting for Jamie. And then he's just like, sup, bro. <laughs> like, His sight needs to get a little. Also, though. It's like I think me and my dad were talking about it maybe where Bran could just be like, hey, everybody, like, listen, like, I can see like Cersei's not coming. 
she's pregnant, the Night King broke through, the dragon's really bad. Like, I can see, but he's very much like, I give one piece of information every fourth day, and it's just vague. In his defense, nobody's asking him. He's just like, I'm not going to yeah, volunteer totally this information. Yeah, creeped I mean, out by him. He's emo brand. It's not his fault. Like, he knows it all. He's just got to go ask him. Like, he hey. actually just has earbuds in. Yeah. He's listening to, like, he, he, dashboard confessional. Okay. vanilla wafers as he's sitting around. <laughs> exactly. But because that's so great, um, we don't want to spend the whole episode talking about it for people that don't watch it, but it definitely put us in a fantasy mood. Um, we've done an, one other fantasy episode, but... There's, As always, our stuff runs out of time. Yeah, there's, there's so much stuff to talk about. Um, and again, there's a bunch we have for today that I'm sure we'll run out of. But let's mm. do some more of our favorite fantasy picks. Oh, I wonder what the odds are that you're going to have normal ones and I'm going to have some weird... I will be disappointed if you don't have the most 80s dumb fantasy movies that well, ever were. I'll you, be disappointed if you don't. Guess what? You're in luck. Yeah. yeah you're, I, I know real, exactly what's coming. It gets real weird. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> Can't wait. So I'm going to start with a masterpiece, um, which would be from 1982, and it is Jim Henson's Dark Crystal. Do you know Dark Crystal? Yes, I do know Dark Crystal. Of course you do. A lot of my high school girlfriends, big fans of the Dark Crystal and the like, so... I've seen that really? movie on is a couple it, occasions. Is this a girl movie? No, nah, it's just a theater kid movie. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. As a theater kid. I mean, it, but you love puppets. I love puppets. I know They're you do. They're my best so, thing, man. I, you know, I'm like, hey, And puppet. this is definitely his best work. And Jim Henson has said, like, this was his baby. This was his absolute favorite thing that he's created. So the story itself, it's about uh, character. Again, puppets here, people. But Jen is raised by the noble race called the Mystics and has been told that he's the last survivor of his own race, which is the Gefflings, and he sets out to try to find a shard of the Dark Crystal, of course. which is a powerful gem that um, once provided balance to the universe, and after it was broken, this evil group used sinister means to gain control, so he believes that he can repair the Dark Crystal and bring peace back to the world. He just has to find the remaining shard. Wherever it is. It is really, it's just a visually splendid movie. It makes me really happy. It's it's inventive. Um, it's pretty dark, too. It's super dark. I mean, it creeps me out. When I watched it, like, rep- again, it was years ago, but definitely in, like, my early 30s. And I was like, nope, you're still, you're still creepy. But I like that because that came during a time period where children's films didn't have to be cute. No, they didn't. They didn't have to be cute They're at all. They're like, kids can think. Kids can handle a little bit of darkness. And I think it really helped. It kind of makes you a little more empathetic, a little more well-rounded. I miss that about, like, the 80s and stuff where they could have, like, a darker tinge. Now, like, the family stuff's a little bit too sanitized and clean almost. And it almost looks too good sometimes, too. That, too. Yeah, it's just it's got to look a little grimy and everything. Little little grimy works, but what's super great is that Netflix has Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance coming. Yep, they got the new show, which oh. is going to be interesting. I don't know what the show or a movie, but it's going to be awesome either way. I think it's a sh- mm. well, either it's either way. like a mini series or a movie, but it has everyone in it. So I don't know if you saw this, but you got your Taron Egerton, the Kingsman guy. Is that his name? Uh yeah, he's in it. Um, that one girl, Anya Taylor Joy from The Witch. Okay. She was good. She was a creeper. Um, Natalie Emmanuel from Game of Thrones. I definitely like her. Absolutely. We also have Natalie Dormer. Oh, Game of Thrones. I definitely liked it. They Natalie have Dormer. the Catriona Belfi. That's the main chick from Outlander. 
Outlander. Theo James is in it. He was a hot guy from the Divergent series. Well, we got Alicia Vikander. Oh, that's your girl right there. Uh, you know it. Simon Pegg. I do I know like you Simon love. Pegg. We got Keegan-Michael Key and Andy Samberg. Oh, see, now I like both of those guys for very separate reasons. I mean, this is going to be awesome. That it's all, That's a great cast that they have lined It's a really that. good cast. So before the series comes to Netflix, I didn't see an exact release date, you should definitely come to the library, check out Dark Crystal, and be excited to get weird. Yeah, you're going to wonder why we don't put more puppet movies out nowadays. You know. They, well, they just did one, and it well, did not do very well. It was Happy Timers. <laughs> so, that, was, that, was, that was a bad idea for a puppet movie. Like we don't I think people think that if, oh, if I do puppets and they swear, then it's like really funny but it's like I'll watch puppets just be puppets yeah, be real let them be puppets man we grew up with the Muppets that's all you gotta do yeah let it out there and go have some fun alright so that's a great fantasy film now let's hear speaking another of, fantasy yeah. film speaking of talking puppets I'm gonna go with the Dolph Lundgren led <laughs> masters of the universe <laughs> did you call the, him a talking puppet for, yeah basically <laughs> that's all if you watch the dialogue delivery oh, that in this movie, movie is terrible but uh, i by, loved it if by child. terrible you, you mean, mean fantastic Man. you will be on the par so if you haven't seen master of the universe it is the he-man movie from the 80s oh yeah it is starring dolph lundgren and it is great in all the ways that only canon movies of the 80s could be <laughs> um so basically it's about he-man going to the 80s and running into courtney cox and her boyfriend who's <laughs> running away from her dead parents memory and they use a mystical key that plays music to travel through yes. universes. Yep. Oh, my God. This movie is just, it's everything I love about 80s fantasy. I will tell you as a child, my number one favorite human in the world was He-Man. Was, was the it ultimate. really? Yeah, there's like, I have uh, pictures of me dressed up as He-Man for Halloween. and I need to see all of these I had the giant castle, and I had the Skeletor castle. Ca ca castle Grayskull. Yes, exactly. It was like my favorite toy. And then this really great, they came to the mall before, and there's a picture of me like with... Um, he-Man and I'm like super happy and then um, I'm standing next to um, Skeletor and like you can see I am petrified. I'm like oh. two feet away like looking at him like why would I stand next to Skeletor? I'm no dummy. I could talk about an hour about Skeletor <laughs> and Master of the Universe because you know who plays him in this movie? I don't. Frank Langella. Oscar wow, winner. Oh really? Frank, oh my god and he said this he actually said this was the most fun he ever had playing a role because he got to go full on British theater. He is there's not a piece of scenery. I'm gonna actually re, I'm gonna rewatch it. He is there's not a piece of scenery he does not chew. <laughs> he is over the top and just pitch perfect the entire movie. Oh my god, it is great. Okay. They ran out of money, but they finished shut down production three days ahead of time, because originally the plan was they were going to dub all of Dolph Lundgren's. Aww. dialogue because he didn't speak English. They just told him the words to say and he said them, which you could tell by his delivery. <laughs> yes. But they ran out of money, so they're like, well, I guess that's, that's going to be the movie now. I'm He-Man. Oh, and then <laughs> the guy who plays the principal in Back to the Future is in here as well, oh, doing that guy. almost as good as Frank Langella, just like lighting up the screen. Guys, this is a fabulous movie okay. from the 80s. Go check it out immediately and just Turn your brain off and have a lot of fun. We're gonna we're gonna listen to you. Michelle Jacob. was obsessed <laughs> with the He Man, so there you go. So I'll find that picture of me dressed as He Man at some point. It's gonna be our poster for this week's episode. <laughs> I feel like. Um, okay, so the next one I want to talk about. Let me lead with I I had read uh, a little while ago. I like to look at lists because I really like fantasy sci fi movies, so I'm always seeing if there's stuff I missed. And you love lists. 
And, and, I just, and I love lists. And I love talking about my love of lists. Um, so they recommended this new fantasy film called The Endless. Mm, never heard of it. Okay, library has it, so I checked it out. Um, bizarre story, but it has really good performances. I'm going to start with. But even though I'm going to talk about it during this fantasy episode, we're talking, this is a very fine line between fantasy and science fiction. Uh, yeah. So I don't know be. that I would have deemed this fantasy, and I do feel that there is a significant difference between fantasy and science fiction. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but I'm going to let it. I'm gonna let him have it because I wanted to bring up a film that maybe people had never heard of. So The Endless is about these two brothers, and they receive this cryptic video message, which inspires them to revisit the UFO death cult that they escaped a decade earlier. I'm listening. Yep. So they're hoping to find like maybe some closure that they couldn't find when they were young, but they're kind of forced to reconsider the cult's beliefs when they're confronted with a really unexplainable phenomenon surrounding the camp. Um, so then mm. it's like the members are preparing for some mysterious event and the brothers are racing to unravel this kind of just seemingly impossible truth before they are permanently linked with the cult. So, yeah, it's interesting because it's different. Um, it definitely sounds like a sci-fi thing. Yeah, and, and leaning. Huh. But it, what I liked about it is that it proves that if you have a good idea, a strong cast, a smart script, and you can direct, you do not need money to make a oh, compelling no. film. Because they definitely didn't have it. I mean, like, the two actors are also the writer, director, and I think cinematographer. Which I think is always good in a first-time thing because then you know exactly what you want. You, there's no ambiguity between you and an actor who might deliver something wrong. If you're going to be the... Yeah, I mean, I think they have another film where it was very similar that they were maybe in it and then also behind the camera. So I think they know what they've got going on. It's got, it's got good music. You know, it's really creepy. I will say not every moment in this film works. Uh, well... But yeah. I mean, that's always a thing with low budget movies. A lot is, of time it kind of it's on Netflix and available in the library. So you have a couple ways to watch it. So, yeah, check out The Endless. The I Endless. would mostly just like to know what people thought about it. To check that out. All right. What I, you got? What else? It's going to be a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So that's 2018. Let's go back in time, I assume, to the 80s again. Go back 35 <laughs> years okay. to another one of my favorites from the day, back in the day. Still to this day, Krull from 1983. Krull. Have you seen Krull? Tell me what it's about, and then I'll tell you, because there's so many of those, I get confused. I'm so, like, Dragon Slayer, Crawl, Highlight, they're all... So different movies. I know, but they're all like the same to me. So tell me what Crawl's about. I'll let you know. So Crawl is basically the story of Colwyn, who is about to marry... Colin? His Col name is Colin? Col it's not Colin? Colin. It's, it's an unusual name, but <laughs> it is definitely there. All right. So he has to save Princess Lysa, who is his betrothed bride... They, she gets kidnapped, and his whole kingdom gets massacred on his wedding day by the Beast, who's got this army of laser-shooting drones that come in and kill everybody and kidnap his bride. So he's got to go on a quest to get a new team and to go pick up a mythical weapon, the Glaive, probably the coolest weapon in movie history for some fantasy movies. I'm still not even sure if I've seen this. Keep uh, going. So he has to basically collect this team. Uh, there's a Cyclops. There's Liam Neeson and Robbie Coltrane making their movie debuts in this film. I definitely, I don't think I saw it. Oh, and they basically have to go through like they, there's all the, the tropes you expect. They have to go through this, this haunted swamp. They have to fight. <laughs> Is there any other kind of swamp? Yeah, they have to fight the giant spider. Oh. They have to go across. Um, they have like people that can do prophecies that are going to come true. Okay. And they start. They get a team. He does end up getting a team of like twenty something dudes, 
and it gets parred down by some horrific deaths down to like five guys by the end of this movie. Okay. It I is, have not seen it, so. Oh, it's a great, great. It's one of those ones that used to be on rotation on Fox every week. So okay. it's like a Saturday <laughs> okay. afternoon movie, and used to, I saw it like a million times. Okay. It is just all in on its high fantasy concept. So bad yet good at the same time. It's a lot like Masters of the Universe that way. It's a lot like uh, all movies that Jacob loves very much that it, aren't musicals. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I have a very specific set of movies. Yeah. Oh, did I just slip in a Liam Neeson quote there? I think I did. Oh, once you have to say it, you really, you ruined it. I didn't ruin nothing. I would have got it. So, I would have got it on when I listened back later, and then I would have giggled to myself and then thought, I hate him. <laughs> that's, I should actually that's win. That's usually what I, happens. That, that's the reaction I love <laughs> best. It's like, oh, this guy <laughs> sneaking stupid jokes in now, and I'm not paying attention. Uh, um, but yeah, go check out crawl everybody it's great it's got cool cover art which is how i used to pick movies when i was a kid okay just walk through blockbuster look at the ones that have the coolest cover and like i'm watching that movie tonight it's not the it's not the worst way yeah. it's not the worst way it worked out well um okay i'm gonna throw i'm just gonna throw two two in here and then i'm gonna be done with films since we're running out of time but everybody needs to see pan's labyrinth of course beautiful film guillermo del toro uh, just like the most spellbinding fable it takes place in 1944 the allies have invaded um nazi-held europe and then in spain a troop of soldiers are sent to this remote remote forest to flush out the rebels they're led by this like really sadistic captain and with him are his new wife and then her daughter from a previous marriage which is 11 year old ophelia so Ophelia witnesses like his sadistic brutality, which kind of draws her away from the house and into Pan's Labyrinth, which is a magical world of mythical beings. The titular world, as it were. Yes, and there the mythical fawn Pan convinces her that she's the lost princess of legend and that in order to return to her underground home, she must complete a trio of life-threatening tasks. So she sets out to reclaim um, her kingdom and then... You know, above ground, there's some revolutionary <laughs> things yeah. happening. Um, Almost a Spanish revolution, as it were. So this movie has top five for me, maybe top three creepiest characters in it. Oh, my God. Which the, would be that pale man. It is the epitome of Glimmer de Toro's, like, creature design. This is, like, the best it's ever been. Uh, Everything yeah. works. Yeah, that pale guy. Oh, horrifying. He, Pan himself the, is he's, awesome. He's the worst. What's cool is that um, Del Toro, in, a, in, a, in an interview before, said that he actually sat next to Stephen King during the screening in New England of Pan's Labyrinth, and that Stephen King squirmed like really uncomfortably the whole time during the pale male pale man scenes, mm. and that Del Toro said that like that was the best thing that ever happened to him in his life because he like creeped out Stephen King. <laughs> I, I can understand why. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Uh, um, but it's of, it's a beautiful, it's a brilliant Spanish film. It's one of the best foreign language movies you're going to see. Like if you don't really like Spanish language movies or foreign language movies because you have to like, some people are like, I have to read. Just the visuals alone in this movie. It's true. And I feel like there was limited along. dialogue, if I remember correctly. It's definitely more visual. And then just to add on to that, because for me as a child, this again was in my top five scariest, scariest monsters ever. Um, and I'm going to just say, because it's a good movie. Whoa, and it hey. gets It gets poop down a lot. I'm not going to take it, Jacob. Relax. Okay. Um, look at me. Look at me shaking my pen. I'm, I've got to move my microphone. I'm talking bit. about legend. Talking about Ridley Scott's oh. 1985 movie and Tim Curry plays Darkness. 
He's, AKA yeah. the devil. He's fabulous in that role. Um, he is horrifying. I saw it as a child and would just cry every time I saw him. And this film, you know, so darkness is trying to create eternal night by destroying unicorns. We have a very Sounds clear familiar. representation of good and bad. And then Jack, who's played by little baby Tom Cruise. Looks exactly the same. I know, course. he doesn't age. And his friends do everything possible to save the world and to save Princess Lily from the hands of darkness. So I'm talking like unicorns, magic swamps. I do, I know of course. you like that. We've got dwarves. We've got rainbows. How dare you not like this movie? There's not enough Tom Cruise running. He's on a horse too much. That's where, <laughs> that they, that's where they messed up. Do you not like this film? Uh, it's a really Scott movie, so a lot of them are kind of boring. It's not boring. This is like the battle of good and evil. I What's was, boring about that? I was a Tony Scott guy. Tony Scott's the Scott that made the fun movies. Ridley Scott made the good movies. There's a very important mm. distinction That there. works out for your viewing enjoyment. Makes perfect sense. Hey, man, you watch Top Gun and you watch Legend. You tell me which one you have more fun watching. I guarantee it's top fun. I mean, it is. I'm not gonna. Legend well, is great, everyone. This is Go another. See this is Have a discussion your children for another watch episode. Legend. <laughs> it's oh, it's okay. It's worth watching. I'm do you not want? Do, do you want to do one more? And then I just want to mention one book series, and then we'll take it on out. Yeah, why don't you go into your book? My my next movie is just something everybody knows. Go watch Highlander, everybody. It's great. There can be only one. Is there a show now? Also there was for a Highlander? show. There is a show and a bunch of movies. Andrew Every, Andrew loves Highlander. I have to say, he made me watch it and. Made I you think watch the, it. He, yeah, no, he, he allowed you to watch he it. He made it's me awesome. watch it. I feel like in the first scene, does he have to like get his sword out of like a parking garage? Yeah, he's having a sword fight in a parking garage. And I was, gotta, inst- I was also immediately like, oh boy, gotta cut, <laughs> gotta cut off the head so you could be the last immortal, which oh. is a uh, troublesome concept considering they had sequels and TV shows. Not the last. The, not the last. There could be only one. I don't know. Although it does have a Queen soundtrack, you know, because they did all the music for it, that had some of their best songs that came out of it. Who Wants to Live Forever and oh, Princes of the Universe. And that's all from that? One Year of Love. Yeah, these are all from oh, the cool. Highlander soundtrack, which they never released a soundtrack for. It's just kind of like a Queen just album. Just exists. Okay. It's just a Queen album, and it just like happens to be the Highlander soundtrack. It's great. Right. Go check it out. Watch. See, you got it in. I did get it in. You got it in anyway. Get your book series. Well, I want to mention just one. Um, I mean, I have a bunch of fantasy books written here, but of course. Wow, this God. one that I just finished, I love it so much. And it's called The Bear and the Nightingale oh. by Catherine Arden. So that's book one of the trilogy. The trilogy is out. I This is a hard book to describe. It really feels like a, like a Russian folktale. No, that's um, not good. No, it is good though. Like it kind of takes place at the the edge. Uh, it's in Russia. Winter lasts like for a year. It's very fabled. The main character is Vasilisa and her siblings, and they listen to these fairy tales about Frost, who's the blue-eyed winter demon. Mm. Um, and then <sighs> she ends up. She has to like go on an adventure. She kind of has these gifts that she's been pushing down and concealing but she might have to bring them out to protect her family from this threat that has sprung straight from these frightening tales that she's heard her whole life it is a beautiful fairy tale except darker and more lyrical that's uh, that's the best those are the best kind of uh, fairy tales in my opinion i enjoyed spending time in this world so much i will say that i listened to all three of them on audiobook and 
I would highly recommend that because the narrator, the way that she can say these Russian words and the names really added to it. Because I feel like if I had read it in print, I'd have been like, what are these names? Because literally each character has like three names. It's very Russian. Like Vasilisa is also Vasya, and they call her like something else sometimes. So I think that's a little more difficult when you're reading it. So highly recommend an audiobook as well. Who, uh, who was the narrator? Like, did anybody famous? Oh, geez. I don't know. Um, Kathleen Gotti? Uh, I don't know who she yeah, is. I don't know. She did a fantastic job. So the Bear and the Nightingale series, okay, everyone? Bear and the Nightingale, I like it. Yeah. I like that title. Bird versus a bear. Who's going to win? You'd be surprised. Yeah, I'm going with, I'm <laughs> going with the bird. Okay. Um, well, I guess that's all we have time yeah, for. Wanna, always run out of time. Want to plug us up? You bet I do. So don't forget, everybody, everything you hear on All Booked Up is available at your local library. We got 37 branches all across Erie County. <laughs> and there's a bookmobile that's going to come right to your doorstep. So beep, beep. everything you got, we can get it to you right away. Uh, don't forget to listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and all your favorite, and SoundCloud, of course, all your favorite podcast sites. So my mom, who felt bad about the two-star review that she left us. Yeah, she should. She did go, and she was able to leave another one, and she left a review. So she's really, she's redeemed herself. Well, the two is still there. We can't get rid of the two that she left. But thank you, Judy. You redeemed yourself. Yeah. Appreciate the, the review. Write and rate and review us, everybody. It helps us get higher up on the list so more people can notice us. And, and please follow us um, on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod, just like Bobby Burke is. That's right. So Friend be of like, the show. Be like Bobby. Um, if okay. If Bobby Burke's telling you it's a good idea, everybody, then there you go. He's literally never wrong. Um, and because we kind of, this whole episode was inspired by Game of Thrones, I wanted to give you some Game of Thrones facts. Maybe nice. you don't know. You ready for them? I'm ready. Did you know that there is an unaired pilot? Oh, I did know that. You did know it's that. It's apparently a disaster. That's what I hear. So the first pilot was directed by um, Tom McCarthy, who was the spotlight writer-director. So you'd think it would have been great, but was so terrible that it had to be shelved and reshot. So, you know uh, that's coming out on the Blu-ray. Oh, it it's um, well, David Benenoff said he's like, we just got everything wrong on a very basic level with the writing of it. Okay, so one of the biggest problems with it is the friends that um, they had invited to watch the pilot, no one realized that Jamie and Cersei were brother and sister. That's important. It's a major, major plot point. Um, so it kind of messed up everything. It was going to mess up all future episodes. So they scrapped it, redid it. Smart move. Worked out for the best. You know it. Number two, did you know that Dothraki is a real language? I did know that. You know everything. So in 2014, Living Language released... Um, a conversational language course that will have you speaking like Cal Drago in no time. Um, this course so was crafted by linguist David J. Peterson, who worked with the HBO uh, channel to create all of the Dothraki that you hear. And now they've made it a real language. So oh, if you want to impress your buds, try learning a, a few key phrases. It's a lot cooler than learning Klingon, that's for sure. I would, I would imagine that. And this fact, I think everyone knows, but Game of Thrones was the most pirated TV show for six consecutive years. Not surprising at yeah. all. So according to Torrent Freak, um, from 2012 to 2017, it was the most uh, pirated show. In 2015, it had more than twice the illegal downloads 
of the second most pirated show, which was The Walking Dead. That That's surprising. In 2018, The Walking Dead took over the top spot, but only because Game of Thrones hadn't released a new episode sure. yet. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always Game of Thrones. And our last lovely Game of Thrones fact, more than half of the series' major characters have already been killed. Yep, and I got a feeling like that number is only going to increase yep. as time goes. Well, and there was a study which was published in the journal Injury Epidemiology. Nailed it. Also found that more than half of the major characters in the Game of Thrones have been killed off by the end of Season 7. That's pretty awesome. It also concluded that characters have a 14% chance of dying within the first hour of being introduced to the show. Really? <laughs> so wow. if you get hired on Game of Thrones, it's not. it doesn't mean it's anything great is happening it's in gonna your life. It's going to look like a cool thing on your resume, but you might not be lasting too long, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, guys, so thanks so much for waiting us to come back from our spring break. We're happy to be here, and we will catch you again next week. Bye.